Today on our Tech for Business podcast, Kyle, our president and CEO, and Todd, our COO and CISO, are joining us to discuss Microsoft Copilot. So just correct me if I'm wrong. It is February 2024, so that means that Copilot recently rolled out for enterprise customers. So it's fairly new. So if you're listening to this in the future, uh, we're going to have more information and more use on it. But I wanted to start, instead of a question, I have a little trivia question for you. In my research about Copilot, I found a survey that Microsoft did about how people plan to use AI. And I was going to ask, uh, I'll give you a multiple choice question, and I want you to guess what you what the number one use for AI is. So your options are analytical tasks, summarizing meetings and action items, finding information or answers, or creative work. So what do you think people plan to use AI for? Yeah, okay. I was going to say, I was going to clarify. This is what what AI will do, not what I'll do, because AI did all of my normal human being work. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) What do you think people, and again, it's not, it's what people plan to use it for, probably not actually what they'll end up using it for. I would say creative would be the number one answer. Yeah, was, I was going to say that too, but I was thinking really in, in, in my head, what makes sense is it'll do all the analytical work and then it'll free humans up to do creative. So I'm going to go with analytical. Thanks. So the number four is actually creative. People, again, planning, they might actually use it for creative, but they don't really think about that for their top use. Number three was analytical. Again, something maybe they're not thinking of. So the number one that people are planning to use AI for was finding information and answers, which kind of makes sense. It I does. mean, I thought it was he, too obvious. They've had yeah. Google for years. Yes, <laughs> right? that's the thing. We're coming from Google. What do we use AI for? I guess we're going to use it as a search engine, which. Is maybe it literally not. does a search for you on the background. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. it, um, the creative one does make a lot of sense. I think I saw a, yeah. a news article the other day where they were using the LLM to kind of do it, and they were like, here, create a spaceman with a knitted uh, motorcycle helmet yeah. and blah, 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 and, and then it, it did, and I was like, wow, yeah. I, how did you even think of those things? So I'm not the creative. I'm more the analytical guy, so I was like... <laughs> I can't imagine how I can do those kinds of things, but that's amazing. <laughs> I know. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's come yeah. quite a long way. So my first question, kind of based off of that, is how is AI and specifically Copilot transforming our day-to-day work? What is, you know, how is it transforming the workload? Uh, well, I'll start real briefly. CIT, since it, it really did just come out, we did it in a very limited rollout for ourselves. And so it's been very experimental with us. And I think everybody's probably using it a little bit differently. And if everybody, it is a fairly small sample size for us in particular. The things that I find it to be the most beneficial for is getting me started on things. So for example, the way the tool set works is if you open up Word, the very first thing you do is you get a co-pilot prompt. And if you type in, please create a blog post regarding the benefits of AI and LLM, 
it'll create an entire blog post for you. Now, I'd highly recommend you review it and read it, but but it'll yes. give you a heck of a great start. And then it'll say, it allows you to get into more detail. So you can highlight any sentence, any paragraph, and then you can tell Copilot to do anything. So please write this like I'm a third grader. Please revise this to say whatever. And it will do it. It's mm -hmm. pretty remarkable. And of course, it does this for emails and all kinds of other stuff too. So um, the first thing that I found that it was incredibly beneficial for was getting me started. Yeah. Yeah. I I, I think for those reasons, and then also I think it's, it's kind of that, you know, a thousand golden BBs versus a silver bullet. It's got a lot of, lot of little things that it does throughout the day side that are Augmentatively, I think are very, very powerful when you combine all the little savings along it. You know, it's the little stuff Todd said side of it adds to it. I think the, the integrations with Teams and just the, you know, the meeting notes and the agenda and the additional prompt stuff on it. And some of it just the traditional, you know, chat, GPT chat, you know, kind of the search thing that the, your survey kind of said, just to say, you know, give me some you know, research this for me and find me this information. I've used it more recently side to help locate document sides within my ecosystem for me side of it. So between shared docs, different Excel files, different things of those things. So, you know, kind of losing track of where, you know, what was that, what did I say that file is and those kind of things to help me locate those. And it's done a nice job of pulling the relevant files together and giving me the quick reference sides of it. So just, you know, all those, Throughout the day, if you think of all the little minutes that starts to save and the aggregate side of it, you know, it's, I, I really like it. It's, you know, I can easily see where it gets to, there's, a, you know, there's a little bit of AI, AI crack going on where you just start to say, I, I'm not going to want to get rid of this. You know, I mean, it's going to be um, something I'm going to want to hang on to because it, you take a step backwards. I mean, I could see easily how it's going to get people very, very hooked yeah, as a part I, of their I, workflows to utilize mm -hmm. it. Uh, I'm hooked on it already too. I, Teams is probably where I use it more than anywhere else. So you can have it do transcriptions of meetings and whatnot, and it'll create the summary for you, action items, et cetera. So I've used it for that. Um, and I've used it for a bunch of little things. I have a lot of conversations that happen throughout a week and you can go back into Copilot and ask it to do things for you. So for example, I had shared out a news article with somebody and then I couldn't remember who I shared it with. And so I asked Copilot to go find it and it did. And it gave me every URL I, I saved and sent over the last week, which was incredibly useful for me too. So just little things that you're like, hmm, I don't know if that would be helpful. It is. <laughs> I don't know how you'd yeah. go back. Oh yeah, for sure. So it's obviously changing the way people are working and kind of automating those little pieces of their day. Do you think that it's that all of this AI is going to change the skills of the workforce? Yeah, yeah. I think most definitely it will. I, you know, again, it's utilizing how you use any tool side of it. You just kind of change mm -hmm. your job process to adapt to utilize those tools to ultimately get more productive side of it. I know, like initial studies and. Again, this is not an exact number, and I don't want to recall. Yeah. I mean, the numbers of like 40% productivity gain and those things are thrown around on there. And I can see how those numbers start to rise very quickly. If as an augmentative tool for any part of work process side of it, again, all those little things add up to tremendous productivity gains, which then changes your work processes into doing other things. You know, it does free you up for other more creative and other, you know, whether it's person-to-person -person interactions, other sides of it, there's there's time savings there for sure. And I think it's going to 
you know, how you use that tool and getting trained how to use that tool and delivering it to your workforce in a consumable way to allow them to engage and use it to see those productivity gains, I think is where a lot of this is going to go. And Microsoft's done it with prompts. You know, they'll do the prompt. They have designed prompts in the Copilot to kind of give you suggestive, you know, ways to interact with the Copilot engine. And as Todd mentioned, when you go into Word, it just immediately is there prompting you to say, how can I help? It does it in Outlook and those other things that will prompt you in Teams to say, hey, I can help. You know, so that Microsoft's prompting to kind of train us as as the workforce a little bit how to utilize it to get to get those. But I think as you get into the corporate data sets and deal with more verticalizations into each market, you're going to see a lot more design around those prompts and training your workforce of how to use it like any other tool to that's more specific to your workforce. Yeah, the easiest analogy I'd make is is the skill that people have developed Googling things, right? And, and you've gotten so good at it, it is now the Kleenex of the world, right? That's how I search for information, I Google it. And and I think Copilot will be very similar. You're already seeing it, well, it doesn't have to be Copilot, but I think the AI general, especially in its current gen AI form, is that's what you're going to see as the skill sets are going to change because of it. Again, I've only dabbled in the analytics aspect of it, but there is great integration into Excel as well, where it'll help you do trend spotting, right? So if you go, please analyze the spreadsheet and tell me any trends that are coming up, it will do that, which automatically starts your brain thinking in different ways, right? You didn't anticipate ha not having to dig through it and creating formulas and starting to find trends on your own. It'll spit it out and all of a sudden you're on to the next task. So yes, it will change. I also have been reading a lot of articles as of late why you know, they're saying the economy is starting to pick up again, and yet you're seeing all these layoffs in the tech industry and, and I'm kind of going, why? And some of the articles I'm reading are saying things such as AI is, is one of the biggest drivers and there's two, two reasons behind AI. One is it's a force multiplier, but part two is they were saying that a lot of companies are trying to free up their funds so they can afford to pay for AI, whether that's servers, people, tools like Microsoft, et cetera. Um, so we'll see, but it is mm -hmm. interesting if that's true, that that naturally forces you to have to adopt the tools and start to work differently than you ever did before and find efficiencies elsewhere. Yeah, that's so interesting. I've heard that come up before about AI and, you know, is it going to expand the workforce or is it going to cut down on it? So that'll be interesting to see uh, in years to come. So we are really enjoying Copilot and how it's integrating and other AI tools that we use. How do you decide if it is right for your business? And then if it is, how do you prepare for that integration? Yeah, I, I, I think like anything, I think you have to start with the, with a pilot group. You got to do some initial, you know, sampling to kind of, again, understand, like Todd mentioned earlier, like, where we started with a small sampling group side of it, just to start to get a feel for the potential uh, um, areas where it can improve your your business side with it. And it won't be, you know, immediately clearly evident, but once you start using it, like we were just talking through, things start to become clear. And then you have a better idea of some of the ROI of who in your organization would benefit from those tools, which starts to address, say, you know, the $30 a month, you know, license fee for it. You know, do you get 30 plus dollars of productivity? Most places, that's probably not a hard justification. I mean, you, you, you're you going to probably, like I said, five minutes a day over the course of a month, you're, you're going to cover. I mean, you don't need a lot of efficiency gains to gain it, but you got to be able to measure it, of course, and just try to measure their productivity side of it. And long term, does it avoid you? You know, does it hold off hiring another FTE? 
you know, to do certain work as your business continues to grow, you know, those then start to manifest into bigger ROIs because one person can handle a little more workload without overstressing them, you know, so it's all, you know, each business is going to have to make that call for themselves. But I, you know, the, the second part of your question side, what we've been recommending is to, because the the co-pilot has access to everything you have access to as a licensed user, you need to do some review of where you have access or your users have access to. There may be SharePoint libraries or you know other areas or shares that were done from people's OneDrives that do have company or corporate sensitive information. The co-pilot would have access to that. So when you're doing you know uh, interconnect interaction with that, that could be presented back in a response. So it's it's a good time to do a, a, a permissions review and a group review of, of all your you know your documents and library sides of it before you do an organizational live. So a lot of times we've been advocating the initial users are probably more at the leadership level of the organization that would tend to probably have access to more of the sensitive. And they're probably more likely to have an idea of the potential use cases within their organizations as well at the higher level versus just, you know, giving it to your entire workforce and say, oh, here you go. You know, that 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 approach probably is not going to work for a lot of orgs. I think they're going to want to be a little more strategic with the users and their use cases to, to realize the ROI, at least initially. Yeah, I, I'm going to put on my security hat real briefly. Um, I, I can't help it, right? But, but, but Kyle covered a ton of ground that makes perfect sense. Um, there are a couple of different versions of Copilot too, and this will tend into a little bit of the privacy aspect too, is the $30 a month version is the one that does not use use any of your corporate data to train the AI model. So I would highly recommend most organizations go down that path because you never know what your users are going to do. Um, but along those the lines of reviewing your security, your, your permissions, et cetera, you should be doing that anyway. <laughs> um, and you should do it at least once a year. But but the reason why I brought it up is I don't want anybody to think that that's an IT problem. That's not. That's an everybody problem. So your IT department tends to be, and your security group, tends to be the custodian of that. So essentially what they're doing is you as the user are the owner of your data, whether you're in accounting, HR, you're in the C-suite, it doesn't matter. It's your data. You own it. You created it. You're responsible for who has access to it. Now, if you can tell your IT department, I want accounting to have access to this and HR to that, they can make sure that those permissions are correct, but it's up to you to make those decisions and those calls. So that's an everybody problem. Um, the only other thing that I would say in regards to the how do you get started, it is still very, very new. And so you're starting to see this. We're actually doing a webinar very, very soon ourselves, but that would be a good place to start too, is what is the tool? What does it look like? What are all the areas that it can help? And that would be a great place to go. Okay, now I got concepts so I can figure out who my pilot group is. But I agree with Kyle, the, the small pilot group really helps you get things figured out and allows you to start to build your ROI around it. I guess I'll, I'll leave it at that, but I, I think those are great ways to start. I, I think it does make a ton of sense and we can go from there. But it is a new technology and it's extremely exciting. I can tell you the, the groundswell at CIT is, is very, very high. People want the tool. Please, can I have it? And I'm like, well, we're not quite ready yet. Um, mm -hmm. So as we're going through our security reviews and permissions, all that type of stuff, it, it's you do need to do all of your dotting your I's and crossing your T's before you roll it out to everyone. As you were talking, I started thinking about, we had a podcast on cybersecurity insurance and compliance. So what do you see changing or being added to those things as AI becomes more of integrated into 
businesses of all sizes. Yeah, uh, I was talking <laughs> with a prospect. Yeah, it is. I mean, I was talking to a prospect last week, and and one of the first things he said is, "Can you help me draft an AI policy?" And I was like, "Yeah." Oof. Yeah, so you should, right? I mean, the reality mm -hmm. is, is most likely almost everybody in your organization probably has done, somebody has been dabbling with OpenAI or um, ChatGPT at this point. And that one is open and it is using all that data to train the AI model. So you, you should probably have an idea of who's doing it. What are they doing? What, what is the output of that? Do they have guidelines or bumpers from the, the bowling analogy so they know where to stay within the lines is a great place to start. That That's where I'd start. But then there is going to be a lot of stuff that, that comes behind it. When you start looking at laws and whatnot, they will be coming, but they're a little bit behind. And, and technology does tend to do this where technology is a bit ahead of the laws and then the laws quickly scramble to figure it out. And then of course they, they become a little overzealous in their first pass on things as well. But those things are coming. Insurance, TBD. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think the for sure is that it's gonna come. So just be prepared for it, you know. Yeah, it, we, we had a podcast just recently where we got into insurances kind of getting into some of the regulations and, and they're great at doing the analytics part, right? So they know what's going on within the world. They see the data leakage, which is one of the concerns about having your, your data being leaked out into the internet. And they'll know what that costs. They'll have all that details for you. So they'll be the first ones that you'll see. That'll impact every organization. Regulations will hit some healthcare, finance, et cetera. But eventually insurance will be the ones that come down on everybody. Yeah, I think that for sure it's going to be, you know, the the attractive nature of using the, you know, the chat GPT, you know, that from the open AI website, those free for use are personal subscription versions that are, you know, again in the public, you know, learning module side of that, getting that corporate sense of data, whether you're going to, you know, Gemini and Google or using X's, you know. Any of those AI engine sides that are not, you know, corporate enterprise side of it, I think you're going to get a lot of, you know, guidance and regulatory side of it to say you cannot use those, and you're going to have to do a lot of IT, you know, filtering to block those within the within the uh, the actual business themselves to create, you know, conditional blocks and make sure people are clear guidelines on that that that's fine for your home use, but do not use that in the company. And I think even true of your personal stuff into the company side, don't want to do that probably either. I mean, you're going to put your personal data now into the corporate space. So there's a, you know, you're going to need to create some silos of where you use those, these, these learning modules and these engines that you're training, because it is, it is being trained. It is learning as it goes through. That's the, that's the big power side of it. It's, it's, it's aware of the roles of the people that it's working with. So it knows my role and those Todd's roles and those areas roles within our organization. It knows, you know, responsibilities. It takes that in account and it's learning as we're giving it prompts back. You know, when Todd says, I like to write in this form that it remembers those things. You're not know, have to tell it every single time. It does learn and start to adapt to that. That's the power of it is it is and it is learning, but it may learn something you don't want it to learn. <laughs> Remember it. So that's that, that's the concern comes in. Yeah, we're 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 a lot more transparent than we think we are. Um, you know, as we're chatting, I'm I'm starting to get my brains around. You know, I wanted to go back and say how do mm -hmm. we how do we prove value and stuff like that, which makes me naturally go, what's next? And I'll be honest with you, I I'm not the creative individual that's going to go, hey, I can see this new thing pop up from the next gen of of AI. I don't know what those are just yet. I, 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 although I think it's going to be incredibly exciting. 
in the short term, I think there's still a lot of opportunity on there. So we didn't dive too terribly high, far into this, but just kind of an example is being in the IT industry, you can start to do things such as building your AI to build um, knowledge bases. So as you're starting to see how come I'm always having problems with my VPN connection, the tool set can kind of create the answers for you, potentially get into things that help you do self-service to resolve those types of things. And then again, staying in the IT world, seeing how it's going to impact application development in the near future is going to be very interesting too, as you start to see there's a terminology in the app dev world called low code development. In theory, this could help supplement that, right? Because it can do a lot of the code generation for you. And then you would just do your little tweaks and changes to it. So I think there's a lot of opportunity from what exists already, uh, but you will see a lot of really cool stuff to come in the future as well. Yeah, I think it's just the rate of development, the rate that it allows you to, again, exponentially increase output, you know, and, and it's a, it's an, it, and that's what it does. I mean, it helps increase output and that's mm -hmm. its core deliverable in its current form and what's being delivered in the new products that continue to come out as it gets better, output will go up. You know, there's a part of this that has this Microsoft Copilot Studio side into it that that we're just beginning to explore side of it that allows you to build your own custom prompts for your organization as well as connect to your own custom data set sides of it. So now you start to get into, again, your corporate data side of it, whether it's your ERP system, your CRM, those other area sides of it, but being able to have it assist with that data and being able to make sense of all that data side of it to pull relevant response and information back. I mean, these things just start to make your mind go, you know, wow, you know, there's, there's, and we're just, we're just at the start. I mean, so there's just so many cool things that are coming and you're seeing pretty much every line of business outside of even Copilot, they're introducing their own AI components into their product lines as well to allow you to do similar function sides of it, you know, whether they call them bots or whatever they want to term them, but, you know, quick ways that used to be, you know, workflows, you know, or macros or, you know, all these little things that, you know, th these things have been around for a while in, in certain forms, but now you're putting a much more effective use on it where it can take it way, way further and be way more automated than it ever was to really get those high output gains coming out of it. Yeah, and these are all great fun things, but again, I'm the I'm the Debbie Downer, so I'm going to throw <laughs> in a little uh, the dark side of the world. When Kyle mentioned you're you're seeing these in other tools, and unfortunately, you're starting to see that come up in the cyber attack world as well as they're starting to use AI to generate phishing simulations, although they're not simulations, they're just phishing attacks. <laughs> um, but where I was going to go with it is on the flip side, there are a lot of security companies out there that are using AI to help go against that as well. So they're building better simulations, which is gonna give you better training, which is gonna make your employees more paranoid. And they're gonna report everything as phishing, which is a win in my book. Uh, but you are seeing it on the bad side too. So quickly developing malicious attacks, quickly developing phishing attacks, et cetera. We are seeing that as well. We, we've talked and it's been a while, but, but we're at, there is going to be a point where we're gonna see AI is gonna be what it needs to defend against AI. And the human just isn't gonna be fast enough to respond in in the future when it comes to those types of attacks. And that's probably another podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Just telemetry of all that data, you really need it. I mean, there's just, again, like anything else you, where AI really shines, obviously, is because of just the sheer amount of data we all have at our, you know, that's accessible to us, but we just can't, you know, we, we can't, it takes a long time for us to process and aggregate it where 
you know, something that in the machine learning model sides of it can do incredibly fast. And that just gives you those answers so much quicker. And the cybersecurity side, we can do a telemetry of all the data and all the data points that you need to analyze to determine that you are actually under attack or that you have a threat actor in your environment side of it. It's, 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 you need it for these things nowadays because again, they're using those things to get in there and there's too many points. A human's just not gonna, gonna spot it. And unfortunately, you know, these attacks happen 24 seven. So you need a defender 24 seven and, and people have to sleep too. So there's, you know, giving the relevant decision side of that is where, you know, it definitely is moving towards where the, you have the work and the, and the analysis being powered by those AI engine side of it feeding good, relevant, quick decision information to to a to a human, you know, is is where they're measuring all the productivity powers and where they're touting on all the analysis of the organizations that are going to thrive going forward are the ones that know how to use AI augmentedly in their business. You know, it's not necessarily a replacement, it's augmentative. And I was just going to address, you know, an area you brought the point about job layoffs and some of those other things. Again, any technology shift as you go through those sides of it, there's going to be a whole slew of new job creations yeah. that come on the other side. So that that's always the challenge on these things. It's the unfortunate side where certain jobs are eliminated, but new roles are created, you know, and then ultimately there's waves of, you know, even more jobs ultimately being created, but it does require, you know, certain people, certain skills to be retrained and move through those things, which is painful when you deal with these organizations shift, but it is, it is upon us and starting. So I think that's, now is the time to start looking at these and learning how to utilize these or develop new skills that are around the augmentative use of the AI or development of those tools or new ways to leverage it. There's also certain areas where I think we'll always thrive outside of AI, anything that's, you know, physical service-based sides of it. I mean, an AI is not going to come fix your air conditioner unit. An AI is not going to put a new roof on your house or do your, yeah. you know. I don't want an AI cutting my hair either. I mean, I don't think, you know, there's a lot of those things that just aren't going to um, certainly be affected by this. But. How will that even work? Yeah. Uh, yeah, while you were talking, I did decide that I did come up with a great idea of what you can have your AI do for in the future. And I was thinking about... Um, the new Apple Vision is that what they call it? the the goggles? Vision Apple, Pro, yeah. yeah, yeah, Vision Pro. So when that when that shrinks down in one of the newer versions, you're going to see this go onto the golf courses. You're going to have your little personal caddy will be in your sunglasses, right? You'll use AI that says, "Hey, the wind's blowing at eight miles per hour out of the southeast. Your your ball's going to spin like this." Perfect. You're going to use AI for your caddy. Yeah, Sorry, just caddy. AI, tell me how bad I suck at golf. Wow, well, you need so to you should really quit golf. I think you're right. Yeah, but there could be a trainer that comes out of that too. Look at all the golf yep. things we can do. I'm yep. waiting for um, Clippy to come back. Do you guys remember Clippy as remember the Clippy. little AI? Yeah. They should have brought Clippy back as the new co-pilot, you know, mascot yeah. for nostalgia purposes. Would have gave poor Clippy a, a purpose, you know. Yes. That, that thing never... Had a had a warm welcome. We did not. <laughs> maybe we'll see him come back. Maybe yep. he'll maybe he'll make a yep. resurgence. Yep. Shout out to Microsoft. Make Clippy your co-pilot. Shout out to you. Yep. Yeah. And since it's a personal co-pilot, I got to be able to tailor him so I can change his avatar whenever I need to. Yes. <laughs> Put a little hat on him. Yep. Yep. <laughs> 
I love it. On that note, I think we're excited. We're cautiously optimistic and we're looking forward to maybe Clippy in the future. Uh, thank you, <laughs> Kyle and Todd, for joining us today. If you enjoyed this podcast, please like and subscribe. If you have a question or topic or want to know more about Copilot or AI, uh, please reach out to us at info at cit-net.com or head out to our website, cit-net.com slash podcast. And we'll be back next week with an all new episode.